This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Well, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, and normally I would have you go to James, where I would read you that scripture about seeking the Lord's will, because that's where we are in James. We're not abandoning the ship on James. Uh, but come out of these particular scriptures and uh, it uh, navigates us into some other areas where I pray that you're learning, you're growing in grace. And that's that's my prayer. You know, when you're seeking God and when you're seeking his voice and when you're seeking his will, there are certain levels of achievement or there is uh, some heights that we can attain by the closeness of our relationship. We, he sang a song just a few minutes ago. We all did. I have decided to follow Jesus. Now we can choose to, to follow Jesus at the cross, at the cross where we first saw the light, or we can choose to follow Jesus from afar off. Uh, it just depends on what you want in life. How close do you want that relationship to be with God? Because you can determine if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. And it's like the song that says, I surrender all. Sometimes really what that translates to, I, I surrender a little or I, sur I don't surrender all of me because that means that where well, I got to take up the cross, Lord, and follow you. So sometimes I think the songs that we sing, even though they're impacted with a great message and obviously a great melody, I wonder sometimes how how much do we really mean those particular words? When we get to a scripture like this, finding God's will for our life, I wonder how serious we can be with this. I'm convinced that we can have as much of God that is available to us if we just get under the spout where the old evangelist said, where the glory pours out and just allow our life to be a sponge. But sometimes we're too busy consuming life and all the things of life that we're trying to sandwich God in a little bit here and there. It's a, it's a shallow Christianity. But you can be as close to God as God will allow. You can have as much of God as God would make himself available to us. How to know his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. How to know his will. That's what we're talking about right now. And so the scripture that I want to ask you to turn to tonight is Isaiah chapter 58. And I've already given you the scripture before in reference, but I want you to turn there with me because in this particular part of James chapter four, verse number 15, we're talking how, talking about how to really connect with God in the realm of fasting. There's probably not a great number of people either here tonight or that are watching by internet that has actually entered into the world of fasting. But this is one of the great ways you, you hear from God. This is a way, uh, uh, an advanced way in your Christian life to take it up a notch, to take it up really seriously uh, and and that's what we're talking about right now. So I've already given you the introduction to some fast, particular fasts in the scriptures and what they uh, pertain to. And 
The particular fast that I'm going to share with you tonight deals with physical healing. And there's a lot that I want to say about this. And I want you to pay attention and those of you that are home, take good notes. And in this particular section of James chapter four, uh, and we're discussing God's will, how to know God's will. And we have exposed this great element of fasting. There are numerous different types of fasting in the scripture. And I'm not going to take time in the study of James to go through all of those, but maybe a half a dozen or so different types of fast that uh, we can associate ourselves with and connect with. The first one that I'm going to teach you is what is called the Daniel fast, the prophet Daniel fast. And this fast centers around physical healing. A lot to be said about that tonight and uh, as we continue on in this journey. But in Isaiah chapter 58, I want to reread some scriptures that I have already given you thus far. And the word says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as a morning. And look at this very carefully. And thine health spring shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Now, as I have mentioned over and over and over again throughout the years, I believe, I firmly believe in divine healing. There's, there's, no, there's no question to it. There's no doubt in my mind. And I keep at my chair anointing oil because whenever people request it to be, to be anointed with oil, we do that. I believe in divine healing. Now, I'm not a divine healer, and I don't believe in divine healers other than Jesus himself. I've never healed anybody in my life. And neither can I save anybody any more than you can. But I believe in divine healing. This is what I believe about divine healing. I believe that God can heal anyone. There's no doubt in my mind. The question is not, can God heal anyone I think the question whenever we come under some physical infirmity is, or we see others struggle in a physical infirmity, the question is this, why doesn't God heal everyone? We know that he can. That that's a, should be something that you've rested in your spirit. God can heal everyone. But why doesn't he do that? 
Well, I don't believe that any of us will ever get to a place spiritually in our life that qualifies us to truly ask God that. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And none of us will ever get to a spiritual place in life to where we can point our finger in the face of God and say, this is fair and this is not. As I have said many, many times over, he loves us too much to do us wrong and he's too wise to make a mistake. When I think about this thing of healing, because the the Daniel fast is exactly uh, in the element of seeking healing from God. I want to be clear what this fast is about, but I want to lay some groundwork, very important groundwork to get into this. Because sometimes God will use physical suffering. He will use it to develop our character. And he will use it to help us to spiritually grow. So we have to understand when when the word says that God is no respecter of persons, When we see a person that we have been praying so long for and God seems to, in our our visible, tangible element, we see maybe that person not progressing. And then we pray for this person and that person and we see a miracle take place. God's no respecter of persons. It doesn't mean that God loves this one more than he loves that one. So again, we have to remember this, that God has a plan and he has a purpose for all of us. Sometimes God will use suffering. He will use infirmity. He will use sickness to to grow our character and to help us to grow spiritually. And sometimes he will allow us to suffer or to go through an infirmity for his honor and glory. There's a vast world of things that God may choose to accomplish in us differently. In fact, when it comes to this thing of healing, do you remember when the apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh, he prayed three times for God to take that thorn from him. And God said, I'm not going to do it. Yet God used him to perform wonder-working miracles in the lives of others where he did bring healing. And I thought about that in the preparation for this teaching tonight, and uh, I want you to hold your finger uh, in Isaiah. Well, we may not come back to it, but I want you to go quickly to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6. I'm going to give you two instances tonight in Scripture where the Apostle Paul was able to by supernatural divine intervention, put his hands on people. People were healed. They were healed from infirmities. So in essence, we have a healer, no glory given to Paul, no credit given to Paul. It was God, the Holy Spirit, working through Paul. Paul was just a vehicle that God chose to use. But as close as he was to God and as God used him as an instrument of healing in other people's lives, Paul could not heal himself. Have you ever thought about that? He begged God three times 
Let this thing, let this thorn pass from me. Take this away from me. God said, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, but I'm not going to leave you empty. My grace is sufficient for thee. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want you to see this verse. Because he is testifying of a young man who was abiding in Corinth. And then notice this, but Trimophius, I have left at Maltum sick. Do you see that? He could not touch this man in such a way to bring out a different plan of God than God had wanted. This man, Paul, was very close to this man. Not only to this man, but he was also very close to Timothy. Timothy was his son in the faith, and Timothy suffered all through life with stomach issues. Maybe you're going through that. Some people do have chronic stomach illness that it's just constant all the time, hardly no relief. Timothy was in such a, a bad way, in such of a dilemma. Paul said, listen, uh, uh, take no more water for a while. He said, uh, you need a little wine in your stomach. Now, I'm not going to get off on all of that tonight, but I want you to know this because I, I'm not telling you to go out here now and go to the liquor store. I'm not telling you to do that. But here's the thing. This is what I want you to know. Paul, sometimes I make myself laugh. <laughs> but you see, Paul, he was sick. He had a friend that was sick. He had a son in the faith that was sick. And for whatever reason was the, in the heart, in the mind, in the plan of God, God didn't change it. Now, again, can God heal everyone? Yes, because he's omnipotent. Does he heal everyone? In this life, not necessarily. I, I've, I've said from the pulpit many times, I'll never forget what Brother Richard told me, sitting out there in the lobby before he passed. He said, preacher, he said, I'm praying for healing. I, I want to be healed. He said, but if God doesn't heal me in this life, he said, he'll heal me in the next life. And he said this to me, he said, I'll be a winner either way. And he really meant that, that that was not just feel sorry for me words. He really, truly meant it. And so this is the thing that I want you to understand. Keep this in mind that God, God can remove your sickness. But if he chooses not to remove your sickness, he can use your sickness. Now, tell me if that's not a winner either way. And so the question to ask God, if, if you're going through a period of sickness and God has not miraculously healed you, sometimes God, God puts things in remission. Sometimes God just miraculously heals us from those kind of things. And sometimes God will speak to us like he did to Paul and say no. But I will tell you this, the question to ask God 
is not, well, why did you heal them and you won't heal me? That's not the question. None of us are will ever be spiritually qualified to point our finger in the face of God and ask him that kind of stuff. The question is this, God, what do you want? What do you want, God? What is it that you want to show me? What is it that you want to teach me? So again, in the beginning of this particular fast, the Daniel fast, which is a a fast for healing, physical healing. I want to set a little groundwork on that because, yes, God can heal everyone, but God has demonstrated in our lifetime hundreds of times probably that he, he chooses not to for various reasons. Having said all of that, let me get back on the path of this fast being a fast for healing. So I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus for a moment. And I want you to see something in Exodus chapter 15 and verse number 26. Having said all of that, I want to build on this foundation tonight of of healing. Exodus 15 verse 26. The scripture said and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And look at this. This is the latter part is what I want you to see. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. We know what Isaiah said, with his stripes we are healed. God's in the healing business. Here's the thing that I want you to know. In the Hebrew, let me give you a little Hebrew tonight. The Hebrew definition of this phrase right here, I am the Lord that healeth thee. The Hebrew definition of that is Jehovah Rapha. And uh, if you're going to spell it correctly, you know how to spell Jehovah and then right behind that, put a little space and then spell it R-A-P-H-A, Jehovah Rapha. And that's one of the many different personal names of God. You're very much aware, I'm sure, with the word or words Jehovah Jireh. You remember that in the scriptures? You find it in Genesis 22 when God told Abraham to take his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice. You know the story, and I don't have time to teach on that tonight. But he did, and he was faithful to do what God commanded him to do. And the end of the story, you know that God spared him from taking the life. God wasn't really interested in the life of his son Isaac anyway. He was interested in Abraham's faith. But he, as you know very well, put a ram caught in the thicket. God moved on and he said this, I want you to change the name of this place to Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh in the Hebrew means the Lord will provide. God has many personal names. This particular name, Jehovah Rapha in the Hebrew, means the Lord that healeth thee. 
God is in the healing business. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. Now, the word Rapha, because we're talking about a serious subject here tonight. If we're not sick, we know somebody who is. And we're talking about getting through in this avenue of fasting to God. The word Rapha, we know what Jehovah means. It's a personal name of God. But the word Rapha means to restore. It means to heal. It means to cure. And so you put those two together. And without question, I would say this, that looking at the congregation that's here tonight, I would say that probably every one of us, including myself, we have some sort of infirmity. Every one of us. But whether it's backaches or troubles or stomach issues, whatever it is, uh, probably all of us in this auditorium tonight are dealing with it of some sort. And so, and many that are watching, I cannot see, but many are watching tonight probably as well. And so where there is a physical healing that's needed and you're going through something right now and you're praying about where there's a physical healing that's needed. I would say probably out of the the different varieties of different fasts in the scripture, if you're in need of physical healing, I would ask you to consider the Daniel fast. I'm going to talk about that. A person should enter this particular fast for two reasons. One, when we're already sick and we need physical healing or as a way of a preventative measure from getting sick. And now sometimes God makes it clear that our situation is what it is. When Paul said, take this thorn from me, God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And when God makes it clear, he, he makes it real clear. So again, this situation where you have a need to be physically healed and you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and God says no and has not chosen to move on that path of healing, then we need to change that perspective and say, God, what do you want? What do I need to learn? What do you want from me? Now, I want to give you a little background about the prophet Daniel Fast and to bring you up to uh, this circumstance that Daniel found himself in. As you know that Daniel was taken into captivity by the Babylonians, and he had three particular friends. We, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were sort of like handpicked. They were trained by the king's court. I want to go to Daniel, and I want you to see some of these scriptures tonight. So turn with me to Daniel chapter 1. And I want you to notice with me in verse number five, several interesting things here about the Daniel fast, the fast for physical healing. In Daniel chapter one, in verse number five, the Bible says, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nourishing them three years, look at that, three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. All right? And then in verse 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, 10 days, 
and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Daniel said that if their fast did not make them healthier, then they would eat from the king's table. And so he put this to the test, and this is the fast that he chose in verse 13. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. All right, so if you're familiar with this story in the scripture, at the end of this fast, Daniel and his three friends, these three Hebrew children, were indeed much healthier than the beginning. In verses 19 and 20, and the king communed with them and among them all, excuse me, and was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Isaiah, therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them, look at this, 10 times better than all the musicians and the astrologers that were in all his realm. And so the bottom line to Daniel is this, Daniel lived to be 90 years old. That was significant. And so I want to explain some things to you. First of all, if you're writing notes tonight, the Daniel fast is a fast for healing. But here's the thing. You have to be strong to start it. Now, that might sound like a contradiction, but there is a lot of realistic and practical aspects to this. You have to be strong to start it. Again, please understand that God can heal anyone, but God doesn't necessarily heal everyone. And so while we're speaking about healing, in this particular fast, the prophet Daniel fast contains a measure of preventative healing. I want you to go back with me now to the book of Exodus once again. And I want you to see this in chapter 15. And I want you to notice a couple of scriptures beginning in verse 22. Exodus 15 and verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Myra, they could not drink of the waters of Myra for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Myra. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So here, deliverance from sickness was conditional for the children of Israel. God was saying here at this particular time that sickness was preventative. Now, preventative medicine is like a mother who would give 
their children vitamins or who would put a coat on them from going out in the cold weather or putting them to bed when they're ill. You know what preventative medicine is. And we <clears throat> we just simply do these particular things from keeping from getting worse. And so God does take measures, different measures, to keep us from getting worse sometimes. God does take measures to heal us. And so the prophet Daniel fast can, listen carefully now, if if God desires, if that's his plan, if that's his purpose, God can use the Daniel fast to provide healing from sickness or he can use this to keep us from getting sick. He can heal us or he can keep us from getting sick. Now the prophet Daniel fast, what this basically is, as I study the scripture, it was used to cleanse the digestive system. And so that in itself, when you get on a regiment like that, it's going to teach us the need for the rest that are necessary in the body. Now, there are seven things to do in the Daniel fast. I want to list them very carefully. I'm just about out of time here for tonight. But I want to lay this thing out to you because if this is something that you feel you are well enough and strong enough to do, and you're trusting the Lord for physical healing, of course, now you cannot do this if you're not well. And let me say, if you're not declining, you have to be strong to get into it. So it doesn't mean that you, you, are, you, you are healed and you're asking God for healing when you don't need healing. That's not what I'm saying. You, you cannot be uh, in a declining period of health and get on this. There's another fast that we'll talk about later on, the Ezra fast that deals with an assortment of issues, collective problems and personal problems. That might be a better one for you, but let me give you these seven things to consider real quickly. Seven things to do in the prophet Daniel fast. Number one, you have to be very, very specific about what it is you're trusting God for. So, and I, and I hope maybe as you write these things down, you can go back and look at them and see if this is something that you want to invest your body and time into in prayer life. So you have to be very specific of what you're trusting God for. And so, so write those specifics down, what it is you're trusting him for. Then you have to fast with spiritual commitment to the fast. It's not an experiment and you're not doing this to lose weight, but you have to fast with spiritual commitment. And I want you to reference Daniel chapter one, verse eight with this, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. All right, number three, real quickly here. You must reflect your inner desire by your, by your outer discipline because it does take discipline to fast. This is how you bring your body under subjection. And there's a scripture for that, by the way. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I keep my body under uh, and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others that I myself should be a castaway. Now, if, if, you, if you are physically ill and you are trusting God in this particular fast and you're going to say, yes, I want to participate in the Daniel fast, then you have to know that the 100% you're a, you're a true blue 
committed to the Daniel fast, then you have to know that that is a 10-day fast. It lasts for 10 days. And so that's something that you have to take into consideration. That's not something that I would recommend anybody in here to do tonight. And I know some of the issues that you go through. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I would, if, you're, if you've never fasted before and you fast from breakfast to maybe lunch or maybe from lunch to dinner or maybe from dinner to tomorrow night or tomorrow morning breakfast, don't do anything astronomical for the very first time. And stay committed to it. Number four, quickly, and I'm out of time. I'm rushing now. Pray for God to reveal to you any unconfessed sin that you may have in your life. That's significant. You have to have a right heart and a right attitude with the Lord. All right, number five, you have to fast for God to intervene. Ask him to divinely intervene in your situation. And then there's a scripture for that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and that's what you're trusting God to do. Number six, real quickly, and I'll get through these seven points. Practically study the foods that simply are not good for you. You have to use some practical common sense in this thing as well. Don't just sit back and say, okay, God, I'm going to deprive myself of food and water and nourishment, and you get with it. You don't want to approach God like that. So you have to, you have to commit yourself to the practical things as well. And then the last one is this, that... Whatever God does, whatever he does, never walk away from that without giving him all the praise, honor, and glory that he so divinely deserves. So tonight, keep this in mind, and I'm done for this particular portion. Can God heal everyone? Yes. Does he heal everyone? No. Does that mean he loves more than he, some more than he loves the others? Absolutely not. God, if he can get an ounce of glory through our pain, through our struggle, if he can get an ounce of glory from that, and that's his will, that's his plan, and he has said no to the thorn, I'm not taking it away. Remember this again. I've said this twice. Let me reiterate it again. None of us will ever be spiritual enough to point our finger in the face of God and say, that's not fair. So God has a plan and a purpose. If he can get glory out of our suffering, out of our troubles, out of our trials, remember this, he's not going to require anything out of us that he has not already required out of somebody in the word. Well, I hope this is a blessing to you because what we're talking about is James 4.15. If the Lord will, how to know his will, how to know his plan, how to know his purpose. It's one thing to pray. It's one thing to pray and fast. Jesus came to give us life, not only life, but that he would give us life more abundantly. So there, there are different aspects. Again, it goes back to this first thing that we talked about tonight. You can have as much of God as you want. Draw not to him. He will draw not to you. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.